Welcome to Monday Morning Homilist. I'm Father Manny Alvarez. And I'm Jorge Santibanez. Every Monday morning, we dive deeper into the previous Sunday's readings and homilies. And towards the end, we veer off to talk about life and definitely talk a little sports. Enjoy. Good morning, Father. Happy anniversary, if you will. <laughs> Happy anniversary. Yeah, yesterday was our... Well, we don't actually know when our anniversary is here yeah, in the parish. Yeah, we've been looking for We just ever. made it up because it's sometime in October. We just don't know what date. We're researching that, hoping to get the right answer before the 100th anniversary in, in five years. So Clock's ticking. We, yeah. got, we got five years to figure this out. In in 95 years, the, the 25th anniversary, the 50th anniversary, and the 75th anniversary have been celebrated at different points in October. And that's the only no thing we know about what happened in October 1926 was that Monsignor Combert took possession of the parish. Yeah. So that's when we think it was it was like erected. But usually it comes with a letter from the Archbishop saying, I erect such and such parish, you know, on this date. And a lot of parishes have that. We don't. We don't. And neither does Little Flower in Hollywood. And, and both Father Barreto and I are looking for the actual day. But... We did it this weekend. We celebrated this weekend. We celebrated St. Therese this weekend. And and uh, we thought, you know what? I think that we should invite Sister Rosalie in to explain to us what I talked about yesterday in my homily from a Carmelite point of view, which is a little way. So uh, we recorded this with Sister Rosalie. So we invited the principal of our school, a member of the Carmelite Sisters of the Sacred Heart of Los Angeles, to join us Sister, how are you? I'm doing great, Father. Good morning. Good morning. And today, we're, we know this weekend we celebrated our feast day, and I preached about the little way, but before we get into that, I had you do this for a bulletin about a week ago, and I wanted the Carmelite answer when I asked you quite simply, Sister, what is the little way of St. Therese? Well, that's, you know, the little way is a pretty big thing. It it's, is. You know, it's not as simple as you think, but at the same time, it is very, very simple. Um, basically, St. Therese wanting, I mean, she was just filled with the Holy Spirit. She's our big sister, and she just wanted to do something big for our Lord. This was what her whole desire was since she was five years old, and she gave herself to God. And she just wanted to be a martyr. She wanted to be a saint. She wanted to be, actually, it even said she wants to be a priest so she can bring Christ to everybody. She wanted to be a missionary. And really what it came down to was not just her wanting to be great, but she wanted to do great things for God. And after much prayer, after much study, she just really realized that all she had to be was herself, and she just wanted to give herself to him in very, very little insignificant ways. And so she discovered that she wanted to be loved at the heart of the church, and being loved means she could be the martyr. She could be the saint that everyone else can be. And how do you show that love? Through those simple, those two greatest commandments that our Lord gave was love God, love your neighbor. And so... She thought, if I just, at in the convent, in the monastery, I'm praying eight hours a day, but interacting with my sisters, I am just being who I am for the sisters in front of me, then that's what simplicity is. It's that little confidence. It's that way of just being able to 
be love at the heart of the church. And so, so really going down to it, it's, let's say she had a, she had a cranky old sister who nobody liked <laughs> and, and it was very impossible for any of the other sisters who kind of wanted to avoid her. But St. Therese just would walk up to her with a big smile and just, and just give her the love that she wanted. And actually at her death, that sister was the one who said, boy, she really loved me. And she yeah. really, you know, and nobody else would have thought that. And St. Therese herself probably would have went, huh, you're right. You know, but really she took it a step further. And so any little thing that she can endure, any little thing that she can show for the love of God, that's what made her great. And that's what made her love so great to others. It's martyrdom isn't just giving up or dying for the church. Right. It's dying to oneself Correct. every single day. Yes. And I remember... On Thursday, which was the last day of the novena, that we prayed in the Spanish Mass, which is a beautiful novena we found on, on uh, in ACI uh, Press. It, it, the the last grace that we asked for in that novena was, help us to die to ourselves, yes, as you do, as you're praying to our patroness, yes. and that's how she received martyrdom because this is a young girl that wanted to go out into the mission. She prayed right. for for you know she actually used the word savages and yes, not PC <laughs> terminology, but. She wanted to go out, and Pope John Paul, St. John Paul II proclaimed her the, not only a doctor of the church, but the co-patron of St. Francis Xavier. The missions, Of yes. the missions. Mm -hmm. And you see that missionary spirit in her writings. Yes. And she actually wanted to go to China. You know, she that did. was one of her things But before she passed away. But, but you know, you really touched on a point, too. It's that she, it's, it's those little, little things. It's, you know, you, all you have to do is just those great things is just what's in front of you at the moment. It's being that martyr dying to self. So if I have something that's happening in my day, even in the office, and all of a sudden everything seems to be going well, and then there's a wrench thrown into my plans, well, it's all for thee, Jesus. And that's what she did. She just turned it around and just died to herself and said, this is what you're asking of me at this moment. And she was able to embrace that where... You know, and a lot of people always ask, it's like, you know, if you ask a sister, ask any of the priests, ask anybody who's really has their faith centered in Christ, it's like, why are you happy all the time? Why are you so joyful when all these things are happening to you? And it could be great things that are happening. It could be little things. It could be something drastic, you know, especially with COVID happening now. It's, you see a lot of people who are, are very faith-filled and, and there's a peace about them. It's because they've given it to God. And that's what Therese did. She gave it to God and... That's why I think it's so embraced um, with, with people is because it's so real and it's something I can do at home. It's something a family can do in the workplace. Um, so it's not just something that a priest or a nun can do. It's anybody can follow this little way. Yeah. And sister, you know, in, in reading, uh, and obviously for the bulletin, we did right. a beautiful page on, you know, catechetical mm -hmm. uh, explanation of what is the little way and who was St. Therese. And just in kind of doing that research and finding those pictures, it was fascinating because she herself talks about like the most mundane things yes. like folding napkins. Yes. And then there's pictures of her doing the laundry. So, you know, so when we're talking about, you know, what what is present to us in that moment, you know, mm -hmm. it, it's not. And we're thinking St. Therese in, in um, you know, in the convent, you know, the everyday listener of this podcast might think, OK, well, that's great for St. Therese in the right. convent. But how, what does that mean for for me? Um so if, if you can kind of speak a little bit more of just that that simp that everydayness of the spirituality. It's, it's that way of ordinariness. Sometimes she'll call it that. You know, in the French, there's, I um, can't remember what the term was, but it's very ordinary. 
Um, and what it is, it's just that I can wake up in the morning, the alarm goes off, and I feel like just rolling back to bed and just tending the snooze button. But really, if I can really focus it on God and say, you know, what? he wants me up right now. I can take this extra time just to say, Lord, I'm getting, a, I'm getting up for you. And to get out of bed, it might drag, but to get out of bed for you. You know, um, if it's a mom working and she's got three children at home and she's got to get the children ready for school, make their lunches, she can turn around and feel the frustration. It's like, and then the phone rings or something else happens and you got to get into work or you have to do this. Um, She can just take that and just consciously say, Lord, this is for you, all for thee, Jesus. Um, we have a little saying in our, in, in our particular community, we say, welcome Jesus. You know, when things start, let's just like, it's not going as planned. And we say, welcome Jesus, because that's our way of just turning it back and giving it to God. Because anytime we give something ordinary to God, we've already converted that into a love language to God. And so that makes us holier. That makes us you know, more selfless, that makes us more being able to give to God what we can't give, you know, at times we can't be a Mother Teresa and, and, you know, be inspired. I mean, there are people out there who can do that, but they're, for the majority of us, you know, we're not going to be asked to do this great martyrdom or this great, you know, founding a a community or doing some something revolutionary like Pope St. John Paul II did. Um, You know, it's just going to be our every single day getting up, going to work, doing what's in front of me and what I'm asked to do. And then that's what's going to make us holy. Because the thing is, we have to consciously just give it to God and say, Lord, this is for you. This is for somebody who's in need of prayer at this moment. Um, That's the ordinariness that anybody can do. And you don't have to have a theology degree. You don't have to have a halo that you have to polish every day. It's just being ordinary um, and that's what's going to make you or- extraordinary. And the thing is that people in in our world right now, in, in our society, we're not conditioned to sacrifice. Right. So sacrifice is like, no, no, no. Why would I have to sacrifice? I have all these luxuries around me. But the thing is that, and you mentioned COVID earlier, we've had to learn how to sacrifice over the last mm-hmm. year and a half. Things taken away from us. Yes. Things added to, you know, wearing masks, things like that. I mentioned that in a homily you know, back in June, we thought we were turning the corner and, and maybe take off the mask. And I go, listen, just offer it up as a sacrifice for an hour a right. week when you come to mass. And we grow in holiness that way. People exactly. were looking at me like, "You're what are you, crazy? <laughs> right. But, but all of this, you said it's a love language to God. We wrote it in the bulletin. Love is at the center of all of St. Saint, of, yes. of Saint Teresa's uh, writings. Love for God expressed in acts of love to the people we encounter. Therese did not only speak of this little way, she lived it. And in her community, you know, I always think of, of St. Teresa when you read the beginning of the story of a soul, and I've said this a million times on this podcast, if you haven't read the story of a soul, read the story of a soul. Yes. It's not a big book. It's her autobiography. She wrote it in obedience. She didn't want to read it. Yes. She wrote it in obedience. But when you read that and she talks about her early childhood, you go, this, she was a little spoiled. Yes. And her parent and her dad. She was you know, spoiled. Louis really, I mean, my queen. But then, that, so that was so hard for her to reconcile when she entered you know, the convent, when she entered Carmel, because now she has to live in community, and you could speak to that better because you live in community, and every day you have to die to self because you live with six other sisters. 
and you're calm and you're kind of tight there. Yes. And then this week, yes. you, and soon you're going to have the Mother General coming. And I don't know where she's going to be sleeping on the roof or something. I don't know. In but, the car. You're going to put her in no, the car. No, no, that's okay. But, 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 but speak to that in terms of, you know, how it is that in the community every single day, just like Therese did when she entered, you know, you know, she was a little spoiled. But she loved God, but she loved being spoiled by her father. And God bless her father, who's a saint. And her mother as well, who died when she was three. You know, they spoiled her, but that had to change when she entered the convent. Yes, um, and especially in society now, you have things at your fingertip. You have cell phones, you have computers. Um, I mean, I grew up in 19, I entered in 89, but, you know, we didn't have all the cell phones and computers, but we had our own comforts and what we wanted. And you had the independence, what you wanted, in a sense of I can go wherever I wanted to go. Um, I can get any type of job I wanted to get and not worry about that but but the thing is it all stems from relationship with christ if if i don't have a real relationship with jesus christ then none of this is going to make sense um whether i'm a lay person whether i'm religious but when i choose that relationship and i choose to work on it just like a married couple has to work on their relationship you have to get to know your spouse or your future spouse and that that requires spending time with that person getting to know that person, getting to know their strengths, their weaknesses, what they love, what they don't love. Um, and it's really growing in that relationship. So, so when entering the convent and feeling that call from God um, to enter into a more intimate relationship with him, because Jesus Christ is a person. And so I'm falling in love with a person. And so he's asking me, this is where I want you to go. And yes, I'm living in community with other young women um, who are just as much in love with with our Lord and having that relationship, and so that is going to take sacrifice in the sense of, I you know, with under my vow of obedience, I'm not choosing where to go. It's our Lord asking me where to go. So it has to be in the context of relationship, because then I can get very frustrated that if my community is calling me to work in the kitchen at the retreat house. And then I get frustrated because, no, but I have all these gifts and I can do this. Then the relationship becomes more and more weakened. So my relationship has to be built up and strengthened because then when I'm asked to serve at St. Teresa's here in Coral Gables, I can wholeheartedly say yes and say, because this is where my spouse is asking me to go. So yes, I go into community and no, we, we don't leave our humanity at the door as we come in. And so we are dealing in community, just like married life, just like, you know, living in community. They have, you know, people have idiosyncrasies and we have to learn how to live with that. But, but what's beautiful about that is we're learning about the relationship of each other and how each sister and her relationship with God is, you know, their personalities, what they like, what they don't like, we're aging, um, we have, you know, physical limitations. And so, again, it's going back to that understanding. These women have a beautiful relationship with Jesus Christ, and they have been called by Christ. And to respect that, respect that consecration they have, that then that turns all of a sudden the view of, okay, I, you know, I, I have to live by a schedule. I, you know, I have, you know, we pray two hours a day. 
and we have a, a two very, hours, folks. Yeah, there you go. Two hours. Two hours. <laughs> and you wake and up. We, at, and you wake up at what every time? Four forty-five a.m. Okay, two and hours. So, but father's just getting in at that time. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> exactly, but you know what? I'm getting up for my spouse. I hear exactly. that monastic bell ring, and I'm up singing and they sing. Singing. And that's that's so beautiful. We that do. That we do. sing right in the morning. Absolutely. Praise be Jesus Christ. And I think you should take that monastic bell across the street, ringing her over there. Wake up the priest. There you go. And it's so beautiful and. And just to wrap this up, because, you know, our, our school and our parish are consecrated yes. to the little flower. Yes. And all around our school are sayings of, of this magnificent saint. But to finish up, and this is why it's so important for our children and also for us as adults, she wrote, the little way is quite simply, is a way of spiritual childhood, the way of trust and absolute Surrender again, yes. just like we don't know how to sacrifice in the society. Right. We don't know what surrender is because, first of all, we're Americans. We don't right. we don't say surrender. Exactly. We win in everything. Right. We want to go to the Olympics. We want to win every goal. Listen, I'm all for that. Right. You know. So surrender, and it's and that spiritual childhood. That's what yesterday's gospel was all about. Yes. Was just giving it all to Jesus and saying, "I am your little one." Yes. Yes, and and looking at the children, that's what I think is beautiful is about you know have an education apostolate with watching the children all the time. It's they're simple, and even when they're having a hard time, right away they recover and they're like, all right. And it's almost like you know whatever if they got in trouble, it didn't happen because they've they've learned they they don't know how to not give it up. They just no okay that's it it happened and I go forward. But the innocence. Yep. And the love. Is, and that's what we need yeah. to recover as well. Sister, exactly. thank you for joining thank us. Thank you. It's and uh, we, we have to do this again. Yes. Yeah, I know you love doing this. <laughs> so, I do. Thank you, sister. Thank you, Father. Such a blessing to have Sister Rosalie right it next is. door. It is. And, and to draw upon that Carmelite spirituality every day, you and I experience it every day. The children of the school experience it every day. And it is such a blessing because, you know, we are in a, in a parish that's consecrated to a Carmelite, uh, St. Therese. And there's a lot to unpack of what Sister talked about in that segment. Uh, The one thing that has stuck with me uh, since we recorded that was when Sister said, you know, when the obstacles come through the day, they say, welcome Jesus. Because in the life of a priest, that happens every five minutes, almost. I'm exaggerating, but still, it happens quite a bit. And so I found myself, since we recorded that, every time... I've confronted a challenge every time I confronted an obstacle. I said, welcome Jesus. And I offer this sacrifice, this moment of unpleasantness, this moment of somebody's bothering me. That never happens. No, never happens. <laughs> uh, and it, listen, and it's not that the people of God are, are a bother. It's not that the people of God interrupt my day. I always say to the people, my time is your time. For sure. But... There are some days that, you know, you may have just come out of a confession. You may have just come back from a bad sick call. You may have just finished a very difficult funeral. And somebody wants to complain right. that the door's creaking when you close it or that something that that is beyond my control. Right. Why and, you're, the, and you're human, too. Right, exactly. Why did the Pope say this? I don't know. Ask him. I've been meaning to, you know, I've been tempted to say that to people. <laughs> uh, but, and, and, it's th- and it's those moments that I could say during the last you know, in the last several days that I've said, welcome Jesus. Welcome Jesus because I, I see it as an opportunity to, you know, to, 
to go deeper into the into engaging that person, but also saying, you know, even though, quote unquote, I may not have time for this right now, because sometimes that happens when you don't have time. You're running, you're running late to mass, or you're doing something. Say, you know what? It's a little sacrifice. As sister was saying, or as I said yesterday in my homily, that was something that really stuck with me. And 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 thank God for sister and and for all the sisters who who teach our children every day the ways of the little way of Saint Therese. Right. Yeah, and and kind of to the the other the other side of that coin of this idea of saying welcome Jesus whenever a challenge comes up, it's it's not just offering up that that moment that sacrifice, but it's really allowing Jesus to transform that and really take it over. So you tweeted yesterday, uh, and it was a, a beautiful quote that just came to mind as we were speaking. You know, the devil wouldn't be attacking you if there wasn't something holy within you. Thieves don't break into empty homes. Read, read that again. Yeah. The devil wouldn't be attacking you if there wasn't something holy within you. Thieves don't break into empty homes. Mm-hmm. You know, so when those challenges come, when those, you know, those nuisances arise, when, when you know, and it's kind of the devil knowing our weaknesses and saying, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to start poking at your weakness and, and try to, you know, get ruin, ruin your moment uh, and have you lose grace. You know, it's recognizing that Okay, maybe you don't recognize that it's the devil attacking you right there, but but by saying "Welcome, Jesus," you say, "Yeah, this is yours. You take care of it. I'm, I'm going to put it in your hands, and you take and 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 you're going to do. You're going to transform that into grace, into something good." Right. And and why why did I tweet that last night, especially on, on when we were celebrating yesterday the, the feast of Saint Therese? I was uh, when I was praying last night after I finished. The day finished, you know, finished youth group. I was tired. I was in the chapel, did my my night prayer. Then I stayed there in in in, in silence. Was contemplating. You know, usually you do an examine of your day, and I was thinking about all the things that happened that day. Beautiful mass that we celebrated yesterday, solemn mass for Saint Teresa. It was I it was wonderfully attended. The choir was great. We had the Knights of the Holy Sepulchre, the Order of Malta there. It was beautiful. And so I'm going through the day. We did the chain for life. That was impactful. You know, yesterday we had. Uh, you know, we were challenged uh, more than we ever have. You know, we're used to like you know somebody coming by and screaming out an upset under you or showing us an obscene gesture, and, and we're used to that. But not at the level that we experienced yesterday. So I concluded, you know, this people are they're worried. The other side is worried, and and really there shouldn't be another side. We all we need to pray that everybody recognizes what a sin abortion is during Respect Life Month that we're currently commemorating. And, and and work towards eradicating that and the causes that lead to that. Right. That's another story. So I'm and 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 it was you know it was difficult because somebody it was there was someone that got out of car got a, a young lady probably 22, 23 years old that got out of a, out of her car and I and I commend her for that. Right. But she wasn't just took the easy way out mm-hmm. and she challenged us and she and I spent like fifteen minutes talking to her. So that was challenging and then ch- people challenging you after mass and that's where you say welcome Jesus because even. When you're coming off the high of celebrating Mass, and people will say, "Father, the air conditioner is too cold," and 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 whatever it is, you know, you're coming off that high, and they're and it's kneeling again. It's not not saying that the people are devil by no means. God bless them, you know, and they have legitimate concerns. But it kind of needles you, and and always happens. You could have 99 people tell you, Father, Mass was great, everything was wonderful, great, but it's that one person that tells you. Oh, and that's going to stick with you the rest an, of the it day. It sticks with you the rest of the day, but that's where you say, welcome Jesus. So that that quote that I was looking into, that, that quote that, that came up that I, that I found last night, 
You know, it's for all of us. It's not just for Father Manny. It's for all of us. Because it says, you know, there's something holy within you. All of us has something holy, have something holy within us because it's a Holy Spirit. We are all temples of the Holy Spirit. We are all, we say it in the creed, we are all members of, we are one holy Catholic and apostolic church. It's all of us. So going back to what Sister said, you know, in terms of the children, going back to that childlike quality that we need, you know, yesterday when, when I preached that homily, it was important for me to say, I don't want to talk about the big things that we're going to do over the five, next mm-hmm. five years. I want to talk about the little things yeah. and getting the little things right. You got to set that, set that foundation. Absolutely. And so if we get the little things right, and the little way is basically realizing that we are lowly. You know, there, there's a great quote in the, in, a cant, in the Canticle of Love that the choir sang yesterday and the children's choir sang at 9 a.m. We're going to hear it in a bit uh, in a little treat that we have, a little musical interlude that we're going to have in the, in the podcast we, we usually don't have. But it says this, how great and tender is our God who has smiled on the lowly. And, you know, so many times we think of the lowly, we think of other people, but no, that's us. That's us. Because that's part of the spiritual life is realizing that we need God, that we are lowly. My goodness, even the Virgin Mary said it during the Magnificat. You took the word right out. If, If Mary... Mm-hmm. You know, conceived without sin, you know, what, can look at herself and say, "You know, look with favor." On, I'm, I'm this, lowly. I'm no your lowly servant. If, our <laughs> blessed much, mother, yeah. because so many times in our hubris, in our pride, mm-hmm. in our vanity, mm-hmm. we think of, we read that phrase, "Who is who looked down on the lowly?" We, oh no, that's other people. No, that's us. That's you. That's me. And when we re, when we start from from the starting point, when we regard ourselves as lowly like the Blessed Mother, like St. Teresa, like the great master of the church. Today, we celebrate St. Francis of Assisi, who lived his life in poverty. He was a noble, but then gave everything up, and lived his life in poverty, and said, others are more important than myself. See, that's Christianity right there. It's saying other with a capital O. God is more important than me, but more importantly, the other, you, are more important than me. And so many times, and it happens to us, we walk into church, we look down on others. We walk into a restaurant, we look down on others. We walk into the supermarket, we look down on others. Instead of looking at that person and seeing that person is a child of God who I have to regard as greater than I am. Yep. And when we do that, then we start perfecting this little way. Oh, yeah. And, and you know, and we can look at the, you know, how many times do we drive by a, a homeless guy in a corner? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and try not to make eye contact, or you know, we feel bad because maybe we don't we have feel any, uncomfortable. We don't have anything to give them, you know. But but just looking, just acknowledging their dignity as a person, you know, and in that moment saying, you know, welcome Jesus. And I may not have anything to give him, but but I can pray for him, you know, or I can, I you know, hope pray for someone else to give him something if I don't have any pocket change on me, you know. But just in that in those moments of of discomfort of you know, hesitancy of you know, where we feel called to do something, to just say, you know, welcome Jesus. And, you, and you're, you're present here and, and you're present in that person and, and be present in me. And, and that's why that was so important to me to, to say during the homily yesterday to, to touch upon these wonderful maxims mm-hmm. of St. Therese, of, of, you know, 
When I die, I will send down a shower of roses from heaven. I will spend my heaven by doing good on earth. And, and we've seen that, and I said during the homily, we've been beneficiaries of that, and I ended my homily by saying something that I thought about last week. I, you know, when when I think about something, and, and God bless the iPhone, because I go, wow, that'd be great in my homily. So can I just, and I write it down like on the note, note on the yeah. notepad. And, you know, St. Therese, who longed long to spend her heaven by doing good on earth, may we be led by her example and spend our time here on earth doing the works of heaven. And that's why... Yes, we have we, we do. We have big plans in store for the next five years as we, we you know journey towards the centennial. They're not ready yet because the pandemic you know slowed us down, and obviously all these big plans need to be approved by the archbishop. But you know, there's time for that. There's time, there's time for, for that later. Right, but that's material, and some some are material, some are big spiritual plans. But in terms of the the here and now, let us perfect this, and we see it in our children. So I was talking about that canticle of love, and we you know. You and I heard it for the first time on on um, Friday when the school celebrated their 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 school mass yep. in honor of Saint Therese, and God bless uh, Dr. Fontana and Miss Fio and 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 Luis Cusa who who worked with the children all week last week in in a very complicated musical piece, and they they sang it with harmonies, and there was something about children singing it, and you're gonna hear it now when when you when yep. and I shut up. Just the, the simplicity of it. It is. Know, of, of a child. And I mean, there's nothing greater than a child singing. Mm-hmm. But but when you get this masterpiece of a prayer, really, it, it's a prayer. This masterpiece of a prayer written, composed by St. Therese, or based on her works, you know, to, yeah. to hear it from the lips of children is just a mystical experience. It is. And so I included it in my homily, but yesterday before... I came. I walked over for mass. I was. I, I came to the office to print my homily, and I played what you're about to hear, and and I and I encourage. And it was probably the second or third time that I had heard it since Friday. Because when I heard it Friday, I was moved completely. I heard it again when I walked over yesterday. You know, not the entire children's choir, but what was the children that were there mm-hmm. yesterday at the nine, lot, at the at nine the o'clock. Nine, yeah. I Deacon Flatus and his wife Nancy were in the sacrifice. I go. I told them. Listen to this song because I got there right around communion, and I go listen to this song, and they were both there, and all three of us were moved, and I think it moved me even more. And so your wife asked me yesterday, and here's our Angie moment. I hate you guys. Um, it it came at the half hour mark. There you time. go. So here's here's our Angie moment, and Angie, God bless her. She and 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 this is you know it's something that I love when when people check on their priest to to make sure and their friend. To make sure that, that they're okay, he goes. She said, "You seem a bit off." I go, "What?" And I go, it, "I wasn't off. It's just that having heard that song twice within a span of twenty minutes, one on the recording you're about to hear, we keep teasing it, and I'm about then, to tell you to shut up. Yeah, I know. And then, <laughs> and then uh, hearing it in person, it's like it transported me into like this contemplative state mm-hmm. that just carried with me yep. into mass. So I encourage all of you. Listen to this, listen to the words, go back to it, pray about it, grab a word, grab a phrase, dwell on it, and just marvel at the genius that is St. Therese.
So yeah, you could see how beautiful the kids sang, and I like I said at the beginning of that song, that was our children's choir from from our school. Go back, listen to it again because it is so deep and and just gets us, you know, transformed by God's consuming love. One of my favorite phrases from that from that song and from that canticle. So, you know, God smiles on the lowly, and and this is such a weird transition, <laughs> but we're gonna speak- go from the sacred to the mundane here, right? Because <laughs> speaking of, speaking of the lowly, let's talk about our football teams oh. here in town. Oh. Uh, do, we, do we have to? Oh, here's the thing. <laughs> I I was just felt cocky today. How are the Panthers doing? (laughs) Yeah, no, and he'd have a preseason game today. That's right. So uh, Ashley, uh, unlike us, I had I had the chain for life yesterday from two to three. So I missed the second and third quarter. Ashley was actually there to see the whole debacle. Unfortunately, fortunately, but unfortunately, it was rough. I mean, the team that showed up in the first half was not the same team that showed up in the second half. Mm -hmm. First half, the defense was explosive. I was saying, where was this defense the whole entire season? And then second half, they looked amazing. And getting pressure on Carson Wentz, who had no ankles. Yes, absolutely. No, he was being. And there was an offensive lineman missing. From you know, so they looked great. They did, and then second half showed you know. Second half came along, and then. But, but you talked just... to me about there was a. I, I asked you, and I asked my father who when I got back what happened. He was miscues, a lot of mistakes. The defense it just made. didn't look. It didn't look smooth. I, I feel like you know they were calling. Well, on the defense, you know there was picks that should have happened. Xavier Howard was not being as explosive as we needed him to be. Um, it just it just wasn't. He's not good. having a great year. He really isn't. And for the whole tobacco that he had in the the you know preseason where he wanted the money, we gave him the money. He threatened to leave. He stayed. Not we, my money. <laughs> I was actually going to start a GoFundMe for him personally. So <laughs> <We need laughs> I'll put the first two hundred. And it's like he's not producing the way that we were hoping. And you know, looking forward, I don't think people are going to have their jobs this week. I'm not even just really saying, I, something wow. needs to be changed. You can't start season one and zero and then lose the next three straight when we go into Tampa Bay this week. It can't continue. It cannot continue this way. Now, we talk about hope. Tampa Bay was taken to the to the to the mat by 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 the Patriots. By New England. Night, who we beat. Yeah. And and it just shows you the genius of Belichick because he had a game plan for Brady that mm, it was a, basically a battle of field goals. I think both yeah. teams only scored one touchdown each. And uh you both you fell asleep in that at yeah. time. <laughs> you know, I fell asleep too, but I woke yeah. up. I mean, I kept waking up and I go, I need to finish watching. I forced myself yeah. to watch it and then just Ugh. collapsed after. But it was and and the Patriots almost won and do, another doink another doink another yeah. doink fifty like yeah but 56. that was fifty six fifty five right so is there I mean is there hope yes because if we can get pressure on Brady on Sunday but they're home so we are going to Tampa you're going I will be there the, I'm leaving Friday going. yeah nice. and if the Red Sox win oh here tomorrow, we go no, she, she I'll be just, going Friday night okay so here's here's the thing here. Uh, Wait, if they're, so they're playing in Tampa. Yeah, so whoever wins wow. tomorrow, Yankees or Red Sox. What a sports weekend for you. Oh, uh, well, depending, you know. So game, if, will, game one will be if. Thursday. Mm-hmm. Game two will be Friday. Right. So ideally, it would be the most perfect weekend to see the Sox Friday night oh, and then Dolphins right. on Sunday. All right, sorry, Ashley. No, no, no. So <sighs> if, if you don't understand what we're talking about, okay. <laughs> Ashley is... Here we go, here we go. Ashley, when... when uh, when she presented herself to me, she, she was a Dolphin fan. She was a Canes fan. She was a Heat fan. And she's like... But I'm also a Red Sox fan. I told you that after the offer was submitted. After you gave me <laughs> yeah, the offer, I, then I, I told you that. <laughs> exactly. So and I hired her anyways. But yes. uh, 
And I'm a huge Yankee fan. So tomorrow evening, the AL wild card, the Yankees are playing in Fenway. 8 p.m. 8 p.m. For, for the rights for the rights to uh, get clobbered by the Tampa Bay Rays, who are just yes. right now. See, here's the thing: we played Toronto and and uh, Tampa over the you know over the last week. Mm-hmm. You played the Orioles Nationals. and the Nationals, the, the cellar dwellers of the good. respective <laughs> divisions. Uh, and and, and, this it, one, and it still almost came down to chaos. No, no, I was, was rooting for. I wanted, he wanted, he chaos. wanted chaos. I wanted the four-way no. tie. He wanted no, no, four-way no, no. ties. He wanted us. You no. know, I just wanted to see Father Manny stressing out all day long. No, but wow. here, here is... to, especially to, it would have happened today. You know what? It, because if it would have been a four-way tie, yeah, yeah. The way that we read it yesterday morning, I shared an article that I read very early in the morning. Yeah, yeah. I sent it to George. Yeah, way to give me a headache early yeah, in the morning. No, because it was like you went cross-eyed. <laughs> Going over all these scenarios, yes. and one of the scenarios that was a four-way tie with Toronto and Seattle was that the team with the highest—I don't know what—got to choose what the, obviously your first choice is to play at home. Yeah. Okay. Then the second team, okay, choose to play home. Then the third team, which would which was the Yankees, oh. gets to choose. Okay, which one of the two do you want to play at? Play at. Yeah. And guess who the Yankees chose to play? They want to play Fenway because they just swept Fenway. Exactly. Just swept Fenway, which to course. me, and yeah. they, instead of going to Toronto, I, I mean, it may, it may have been that they didn't want to go travel nationally no. because of all the COVID things. They just and, had a no. They had a good series. No, they did have in, a great uh, series. Fenway. They so, swept us last time. But it'll be it'll be Garrett Cole against Ivaldi. It'll be a great series and. It's a, listen, and it's a TV executive's dream come true. The Yankees, oh, Red Sox, the ratings are in, a, be huge. in a one in a one and done uh, playoff game. If it, it would have been, we almost it almost came down to today being game one sixty three to yeah. play. An, we, right. we wouldn't play each other twice, but to play the wild card mm-hmm. game tomorrow yeah. for the rights to play Tampa Bay. But it's gonna be great. It's gonna be wonderful, and. You know, if I lose, I go, well, at least Ashley has a good weekend. She gets to go see her team play in in, in that, you know, stadium in, in Tampa Bay, whatever they call that, the Trop. The Trop. The Trop. Uh, it's one of the worst stadiums. <gasps> have it's, you been there? Oh, many times. Really? Okay, oh, you go up to see the Red Sox. It's yeah, I've seen the I have Sox not, because they it's play terrible. the... <clears throat> the Yankees play the, the Marlins enough down here, and I go to New yeah, York enough that I, that I don't, and plus, yeah. I abhor Tampa. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The main reason, it's nothing against anybody who's from Tampa. It's that, you know, I always have because my sister went to school, then I always yeah. say it stole my little sister, you know, oh, so that's gotcha. that's the main reason. And also, I don't like, it's like. Eh. Yeah, no, I mean, it's it's an old stadium. I don't even think you could pet the Rays in center the, field anymore. I think they got rid of that because of COVID. Oh, well. But, but what, is, what does that have to do with COVID? Well, you know, they don't want to give the Rays COVID, so they said. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows these days? These Tampa people. But ideally, yeah. I mean, hopefully, you know, we'd go up there. And City of Champions. Oh. Yeah. They have the Stanley Cup. No, it's They have the Super Bowl trophy. And listen, you could chime in, George, since he's just sitting there producing. Okay. <laughs> Who I'm, do you, I'm right, loving it Let's right talk now. about this right now. Who do you think... Uh, He's going to win the World but Series. But J- J.D. Hold on. J.D. Martinez. Oh, here we go. Okay, let me just go back to the Yankees Red Sox. I have one. If you happen to beat us, I think it's because J.D. Martinez hurt himself walking out in between innings yesterday. He sprained his ankle. Oh, I didn't know this. You didn't hear that? No. It was like, I think it was like the fifth or sixth well, inning walking out. D- D.J. LeMahieu, hip injury, Luke Voigt also injured. All right, so, all right, so that kind of cancels it out then. Exactly. All right. Well, but who do you think World Series? Who do you think? I, I got to go NL West here. Giants? I, I got to go Giants. Here's the thing. The two... The hottest team in baseball right now is St. Louis Cardinals, and they're a wild card. Yeah. And the Dodgers didn't win the division because by one game. Yeah. Giants won 107, 160. I forget what it was. And the Dodgers were one game behind them. Yep. Sorry, sister. And so <laughs> but so two marquee matchups for the wild card 
Yankees, Red Sox, Cardinals, Dodgers. Huge. Um, St. Louis, though. Don't sleep this on re- them. This, re- this reminds me, I think it was 2011. They didn't have a very good year, but they caught. See, the NFB, MLB postseason, just like the NFL, it's catching fire at the right time. Yep. Yeah, yeah. That's why I'm not worried about the Dolphins. This is early in the season. Yeah. Okay, but but in terms of the, in the playoffs, really, look at the 2003 Marlins. Mm-hmm. Catching fire at the right time. I mean, were the Red Sox, Yankees, the Cubs, all three of those teams on paper yeah. were much better than the Florida Marlins in 2003. They got yeah. fired. They're pitchers. And it's. And and this, but here, but here's the the fun part of the, the one the one and done wild card mm-hmm. is anything happens. Oh no, anything. Can I mean, you, you know, we used to have the wild card series or the yeah. the, the wild card would go right into the series. Last year, we remember, yeah, last so, year was so three games, right? So it's, that, anything that? can happen in a series. So but with this, this with this one and done, so who do you I don't got? know. Anything can happen. Who do you got? Yankees, Red Sox. Oh, uh, tomorrow. Yeah. Easy now. That's what I'm uh, focused on. I can't think of anything. Oh, uh, you're otherwise. both you're both staring me down here. You this sure is, are. I'm I'm starting to sweat here. <laughs> I thought you were asking who's, who's going to win the whole thing. No, no, I, I have to get there tomorrow first. <laughs> I mean, the the, the smart answer because he signs my paychecks is the Yankees. <laughs> but, 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 the no, but but be but, but be honest, you don't want the Yankees to win. I don't. I don't want any of them to win. Can that game just go on forever? I and think, just never end. Oh. But that's the beauty of baseball is that you know when you go into an and this is the NBA. You know they start soon. Today's the first heat game, but yeah. it's kind of like fiat accompli that the, that the Dodgers. I mean, excuse me, that the that the Nets and the and the Lakers are going to end up in the NBA finals because they have the best players. Facts. Yeah. Okay. Uh, look at college football. There's two teams in college football right now: Georgia, Georgia and, Alabama, and Alabama, and then everybody That's it. else. Yeah. Oh, that everything. No one's even I, close. I, I, it's yeah. just a crazy beginning. But and in now, baseball, and now unranked Clemson. How about oh, that? you like that one? I do. So mm. Clemson um, is Clemsoning. So basically. The, uh, the, you know, when you go to baseball, it, it's who gets hot. So right now, uh, our friends in the desert, yeah, ha- the Dodgers who are a wild card are the favorite. Yeah. After that, the Astros, the Rays, the Giants, the White Sox, the Brewers, the Braves, the Yankees are third to last. Cardinals who are the hottest team in baseball, and then the Red Sox. Wow, Sorry, no actually. respect. No respect. What's the credentials on that? This is from... Someone unreliable. I don't know. This is... <laughs> it's not a reliable I, I just source. Pulled up, it's I just someone's pulled... tweets. I just, it's MGM, sweetheart. I mean, come oh, on. No, <laughs> I think they, I think they know what they're doing out For there. For money purposes. Uh-uh. <laughs> no, but, uh, no, but but you look at that and you say, okay, the Dodgers have the experience. Yeah. Kershaw walked off the field the other day. Yeah. And he did, but Max Scherzer is just pitching lights out. He's going to be the side young winner. Fire. And it's, and, and in po- I was going to say this earlier. In postseason, it's all about pitching. Of course. It's all about the Marlins in 2003. Yep. Beckett got hot. Fire. Penny got hot. You know, our bullpen was like, oh my, here we go. You know, and tomorrow, just to talk about tomorrow, yeah. do you trust your bullpen? If it was Chris Sale pitching. But Chris Sale is a, is he in the bullpen or is he starting? Because I haven't seen many Red Sox games. Well, this depending past month. what if he's not injured or you know, depending on what week. He's a he's a man who comes with a lot of implications it, these days. <laughs> right. We just got Luis Severino. I trust back. my bullpen more than I trust your bullpen. But no, your I bats don't... your bats are hot. You have the hottest bats in the league. Not this. Did you see this weekend? Well, any we other scratched weekend. out a run yesterday in the ninth inning. I know, you I'm literally it, yeah. scratched it oh, out. Yeah. Aaron Judge bombed right. to the No, if we would have lost that game, we would have be playing Toronto in Toronto today to play you on Thursday. That would have been ideal. Yeah. So and we would have had to waste uh, Garrett Cole yeah. today. But thankfully no, but we scratched out and uh there was one game where we did score a lot of runs. I think it was on Friday. Uh, no, it was on it was on Saturday, but yeah. on Sat- it was a, a chore over the weekend. So 
It depends who shows up. Stanton last week and Stanton, you know, hit a bomb Monster. over Monster. over oh, that out went of the Atlanta. stadium. That went to heaven. Yeah, that no, was that, gone. Uh, so my bullpen, but your bats. No, no, I don't, I don't, I don't trust. I don't trust my bullpen. Isaac, I do trust. Yeah, yeah. Do not trust Chapman. No, and I and I trust my bullpen, but I don't trust my. Who's bats. your closer? I have not literally haven't watched a Red Sox it's game. Changed. It's changed. It's, it's changed. It's, it's changed. It's changed. I mean, because uh, I I the only Red Sox game the uh, Yankees Red Sox game I watched last weekend was, excuse me, the last one, where the Yankees just took, ran away with oh, it. Oh, so, yeah. So the, your bullpen didn't even come into play. I mean, at least so. the... So it'll be a fun game tomorrow. I'm nervous. So, I am nervous. Now... Are you nervous? So, are you kind of like, what are you feeling? Um, He's you know okay what? now. No, He's I'm okay, okay now. now. No, I'm okay now. all day. <laughs> no, but, no, but here's the thing is that this Yankee season... So up this, and down. This Yankee season has been so up and down. We yes. had a 13-game winning streak. Yeah. Uh, there, that we lost so many games where we were winning it by three, four yeah, runs, yeah. In the, and and just blew the 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 last baseball game that George watched the <laughs> the the Field of Dreams game, which was a magnificent oh, that game. Was so great! It was a magnificent oh, wow. game, and uh, uh, but all these things, and so it's like Yankee fans are like kind of. Uh, Michael K said it yesterday. The the play by play announcer on TV for yeah, the yeah. Yankees. There's this love hate relation with this team. Yeah. Now. You go back four years, uh, yeah, four years, 2017, when it was the Baby Bombers judges rookie season. Oh, yeah. I traveled to New York, oh. or he remembers this. I traveled to New York to overnight to, to watch game four against the Astros in the ALCS yeah. when they were, you know. Cheating. They were doing all this. Cheating. You know, so, uh, and we were, it was three tremendous games in, yeah. in, in the Bronx and the four games we played in, in whatever it is called, it, Enron, Minute Maid Park, whatever it is. Yeah. We couldn't hit anything. Yeah. And they were killing us. On And and it was just, you know, I'm still salty about that. No. So where am I right now, you ask? Um, yeah, Hori's right. Ask me tomorrow uh, because you'll be talking smack tomorrow. We, ha- we have a staff outing tomorrow. We uh, that We have a team building thing that you'll be you'll be there and uh, I'll be wearing my Yankee shirt. And Are you? Cap. Oh, yeah. You know. Touche. All right. So I'll bring out the, bring out the Red Sox. Here we go. jersey. Here we go. Dust it off. You well, know, yeah, I wore my Jeter jersey. Yeah. There you go. You're going to have bird poop on the back of your jersey. Oh, stop. <laughs> Come on, Ashley. Just say it. You know what? Yesterday, I did I did watch a little bit of the Marlins game when after, after... Hey, we won. We did. I was there we Saturday. You were, you I were announced the starting lineup. How was that? How, you have the video of that? I do. I have, I have to, to see it. it. That's amazing. We announced Jesus Lazardo. He had a great... They, oh, he had the great, best game of the year. Finally, yeah. last no, game of the season. He had a great... 11 strikeouts. So, yeah. let's finish off with the Marlins because it's a good George involved in the conversation. Starlin Marte back. Okay, okay, that was there the question I was going to have. There what is. do we need Thank to do? You. We need to pay the man. We need, yes, we he's going to get other bits. Here's so we got a rental and we got Jesus Lazardo back in that. And, and yesterday showed us the promise that is. Saturday, yeah. He, he showed Saturday. 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 Yeah. Uh, and we but, need a catcher. No, but that, to me, that's the most yeah. important thing. Because pitching. I mean, we, the, young guys, the, the young guys look good, but but we need a catcher. We, we need, need a, we need a catcher. Yeah, no. like, like Jorge Alfaro experiment that needs to no. go Sandy Leon. And I think I think Miggy Rojas needs to be our manager. He managed. He is so much fun. He's the uh, he's, 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 he's probably my favorite player. No, and he and no. I think he'll be a good coach, in like Alex Cora. Oh and, and yeah, it, he'll go down. I'm, like I'm, I'm, notice I didn't say my manager. You all. Boone. Yeah. Boone. He's no Joe Torre. I mean, I'll give no, you that. He's, he's like a Hall Joe of Famer. Yeah. He's a Hall of Famer. So, yeah. Hori, what do you, the Marlins need to do? What to get better next season? Well, I mean, 
how amazing is it that both general manager and owner came out yesterday saying we're going to spend money? It was beautiful. We're like, oh, wow. I didn't know. I, I haven't gonna, heard that I in. Say, he, I haven't I heard saw that the beginning, in forever. I haven't seen the beginning. <laughs> I saw the beginning of that interview where they asked him. You're like, all Marlins fans want you to know, want to know. What do you think of the L wild card race? And Jeter, yeah. like Jeter, will not mention the Yankees. No, he mentioned not. it during his Hall of Fame speech, but like that's to yeah. him, he's like, that's my past. This is my present, yeah. which is great. Yeah. But to your question, you look at our our prospective uh, starting pitchers next season, and we've got a list of ten to pick from. Oh no, no. So so we've got we the trade. stockpile to, to make some yeah. noise now. We need uh, a, we need a center fielder. Let's go around. Mar- let's Marte go around the is Marte is the the common I think, sense. I think De La Cruz here. is the answer. In Brian right. De La Cruz is did, he, did he finish with three hundred? Let's see. He did great. he finish with three? But I think De La Cruz is the answer for now in right. I think that Jesus Sanchez is definitely the answer in left field. Yes. Uh, so let's go around the horn. Uh, First base, do not trade Jesus uh, Aguilar. I will cry. Jesus no, Aguilar is the most great. colorful player. I, I like him. I like him out he's there. So much fun. Uh, at second base, that is a big question mark. Uh, you, can, yeah. uh, we, you know, you had Isan. You know, that's from we didn't he's play it today, but that's yeah. that's George talking about <sighs> get him out of here when we play the bumper my fa- music. My favorite guy. Uh, the transition music. Yeah. Uh, shortstop Miggy will be there next year. But we have yeah. wait, sorry second. What am I talking about? Second base. Jazz Chisholm is the second base, but the reason why he didn't say he's second base is because he's a natural shortstop. Yes. So whenever Miggy hangs it up, that's what it is. No, Jazz is the Jazz answer. Jazz is great. Oh, so Jazz is amazing. Now, here's a big question. Tell me. Because I like him when he's healthy. Brian Anderson. I knew you were going to say that. Brian Anderson, and he didn't have a great year. A lot oh, of injuries. He, he didn't have a year, period. No, but I mean, yeah. but even when he was in the lineup and he was healthy, he didn't come through. What was his batting average? But was he really ever healthy? No, he wasn't. But that's what I'm yeah. saying is that he came through for his last year mm-hmm. in the playoff run, although it was a 60-game sample. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. I think that you may have to shake things up there. And catcher definitely blow that up. I like Sandy Leon. Oh, he Brian Brian De La Cruz finished at two ninety six. Ooh, three hundred. Give the man three hundred. No, but I think so I, I read somewhere during the during the, it was like he needed one hit and a hundred. He was at two ninety nine yesterday. One hundred and ninety nine at bats. Wow. He needed game one sixty three, didn't we all? Kid is twenty four years old. That's no, so and yeah, and yeah, his, yeah. and he plays an impeccable right oh, yeah. field. He so he makes it. That barehanded so catch the other day. Yeah. Well, here's, here's the question: Are they bringing the wild card to the NL? I'm, I'm sorry, the uh, the the DH. It should be consistent. All these rules, even in like are you are you are money. you a DH girl? Well, you know, given that I'm an American League, yeah, I, it's kind of how I'm okay, I know. I'm okay so. with it. I, I think no, I'm I think okay we talked it. about it early in the year that we made our piece because then Aguilar would be the DH, yeah, yeah. and you get more out of him. Yeah. Although he plays a great first base, he's so fun. He plays a great first base. He's fun out there. He's talking to everybody. Nope. Yeah, and that's yeah. what your face, first baseman is like. You know, he's, you know. Gatekeeper. Ta- yeah, exactly. Yeah. So who go, who plays first base then? That's a great question. So, but that's what Hot Stove is all about. But first we have the playoffs. Uh, Ashley, thank you for joining us. And thank you for having me. Go Sox. Oh, dear Lord. Said it before you could even say it. I, I, the prayer I'm about to say, I really need it right now. <laughs> so today is the Feast of St. Francis of Assisi. And if uh, if you're hearing no, we this. No, we didn't talk about St. Francis. We, but but poor dude has just been diminished to the, the animal saints. No. It's, and there's just so much to him. See, we're, we're gonna I, have to we're gonna have to reclaim Francis at some Ashley point. and I were talking about pilgrimages right. the Put other day. Put him on day. first base. We got him. <laughs> Ashley, we were talking last week. Uh, we were talking about pilgrimages because we have a pilgrimage to St. Augustine at the end of, at the end of the month. We are. That we're, that we're driving up there, but and and we're thinking about long term pilgrimages. He goes, I've never been to Europe. 
I go, oh. you, I go, you have to go to Italy. Italy. And yes. everyone was there. The I go, yeah, sign Italy. me up. Sign me up. Yeah, Italy is, and, and Jorge's been there. He's been to a CC. Oh, and And I always say, and I said in my homily this morning at Mass, you know, you think about the most peaceful place on earth. And then when you get to a CC, it blows it away. Oh, yeah. And it, and oh, it's just, wow. it's just, it's just a, an amazing place. And that's why every Congress of Peace that, that religious leaders have done have been, have been taking place there in the birthplace of, of St. Francis. So I want to end today with, with the prayer of St. Francis. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. And where there is sadness, joy. O Divine Master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen. And may Almighty God bless Amen. you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Amen.